All righty. Deuce is Deuce, and Wyndham is Wyndham. Okay. We just said that on the air, but that's all right. He doesn't know we're talking about him behind his back. No, we're talking about him on the air. Hey, guys, boys and girls, children of all ages. Yeah, we're we are now live. Uh, welcome again to Under the Dome. Uh, I'm your host, Alan Roark, with my uh, co-host here, Mr. Sean Williams. How are you doing tonight, Sean? Doing fantastic, brother. Uh, at the risk of there being a, uh, a Super Bowl of podcast letdown, uh, no, we don't have Joe Horn or, or, well, but we do have volume on stuff we're not supposed to have volume on. Getting back. Uh, I have 25 points I want to make about the top tonight's show. So we're going to talk about post Super Bowl. I had 25 points I need to make. So uh, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, we want to thank the um, Fan First Productions, our sponsors, as to please, please, please go on to YouTube and to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. It helps us and it enlightens you. Can't ask for more than that. I don't like these glasses. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, I thought the show was in 3D. Uh, that's what I thought when I saw those glasses. Uh, well, I hate now that I threw them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we want to invite you guys to uh, to follow some of the uh, some of the stuff that we follow, such as on Twitter at future underscore stars twelve, the future stars league that we are sponsoring their uh, their event here in West Monroe, or excuse me, in Monroe, the uh, the game that's coming up on July seventeenth. Uh, the thing that Joe Horn spoke of last week. Um, and we invite you to follow not only the Future Stars Twitter account, but also the Got Hands University at You Got Hands. Uh, we want to thank those guys so much. Uh, I know we, we try to, uh, to work forward and not back, but for a moment, I want to, uh, I really and, and truly, I want to thank not only Joe Horn, but also Terrell Bean for the incredible effort that it, uh, it eventually wound up taking to, uh, to see this through. And, and I, I posted this on our Facebook page the other day, but I, I want you guys to, I, it's important that you guys know, uh, there was a point in time uh, on the show a week ago where Alan was the broadcast basically and I was over here ducked down coming here to such a such a mean term <laughs> <laughs> I was well, I was uh, stalling yeah well I was over here kind of down beside my table here praying to God really and truly honestly praying to God that I didn't have a nervous breakdown on the air uh but thing we we were facing issues uh and as Alan and I have have told you guys over and over and over this is a live broadcast anything can and usually does happen but 
there was a point in time where I said, well, you know, Joe, uh, let's look at this thing differently. Uh, do you guys, do you have any plans for next week? And he said, he sat there a second and he said, well, no, I don't, but you didn't, uh, you didn't promise your people, Joe Horn, next week. You promised your people, Joe Horn, tonight. Let's figure this out and, and get it done. And I think that speaks volumes to the, to the character of the man. And uh, when people's, it's, it's really uh, cliche nowadays for professional athletes to say that they're about their fans. But when it comes to this man, uh, there's nothing cliche about it. He is absolutely heard. Uh, and I want to thank those guys for trying so hard and uh, doing what they had to do to, uh, to fulfill the commitment that they made to our show. And thank you guys for sticking with us uh, throughout the entire process. Uh, nobody complained that we were uh, half again over our time limit last week. Uh, you guys stuck around for the whole thing, and we appreciate it very much. Oh my goodness, we've been compared to two live crew. To what? Two live crew. Two live crew? Thank you. I am not Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Hey, and I'm certainly uh, not going to throw any D around here right now. We'll have to look D later on. (laughs) Uh, Real quickly, we want to preview the show next week. Um, We're going to have. Uh, reaction to the uh, the scouting combine that uh, I believe either today or yesterday concluded in Uh in Indianapolis. Uh, We're going to have our our research department, also known as Matt Ulrich. Uh, He's going to join us next week along with uh, Zachary Vetch. You guys might remember him from being the, uh, the correspondent uh, for the Seattle Seahawks that we had on the week of the Seahawks game. Those guys are going to break down the biggest winners, biggest losers, et cetera, et cetera, the combine this week. And uh, reaction to to everything that, that they saw there. Uh, Alan. Yes. Uh, we uh, we added some uh, some assistant coaches this week. Do you have anything on that? Well, we uh, here's the thing. You know, that nothing's actually official, except Lee Torrance just suddenly showed up on the Saints website as a defensive assistant. You know, we have a story about a man named Brady who uh, was hired by the Saints as an assistant. He was a defensive assistant at William and Mary College, Joe Brady. Don't know what he's going to do there. And then um, <clears throat> I thought there was somebody else they added. There was like two names they added this weekend. Um, uh, Gunter? Was it Gunter? Well, I G- thought he was. Yeah, he was a special teams guru. But I thought he was already on the staff. I could be wrong. He was a guy. They were looking. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me look at this up real quick because it Matt wasn't. Tried it, to, yeah, Matt tried to to line me out on this stuff, and 
everything that I thought I remembered from this past. And, and this is what happens, boys and girls, when you get old. Everything that I thought I remembered from this past week, Matt's going, nah, that ain't right. This is it. And yeah. Said, okay. Uh, the, e- the easiest thing to do here is to eliminate this segment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here here's the thing. They, they've never actually officially announced anything. Uh, there's never been a press conference where the you know the, the coaches come out there like either Loomis or Peyton come out there and say look we hired this guy this guy and this guy you just kind of find this out so the only ones I know for sure are Lee Torrance and and Joe Brady but other than that you know and Lee Torrance is a former for those of y'all who may not remember or think you recognize that name he was a defensive back uh, kind of the special team slash dime back. Played nickel, even started a couple of games because uh, of injuries from 2008 to 2011. So, not a, not a particularly great defensive back. He was just one of those guys that was always coming and going on the team. Um, just somebody you like to have on the team, uh, a good good depth guy. And uh, I imagine he, might, he probably is going to be helping out on on uh, secondary coach with. Uh, with um, another former Saint and Jet, Aaron Glenn, who's the uh, assistant special team assistant coach for the secondary. Well, just to show that we love, just to show that we love our people and that we Mm -hmm. do pay attention to our interaction. I have been called the dynamic duo. No, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Robin. Anyway, uh, <laughs> boy, this just went off uh, real quick, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't take long. <laughs> okay. It doesn't take long. Uh, enough beating around the bush. There is that issue. Uh, any Saints fan has probably expanded and expounded on this subject matter, uh, and it's basically the elephant in the room at this point in time. Uh, Brandon Cooks. What is, what isn't, what may be, and what never was. Um, Alan, going back, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Los Angeles Rams game where Cooks did not get a touch during the game. Or a pass even thrown to him. Not even a target. Yeah, didn't even get a target. And Mm -hmm. in in the post-game frenzy there in the locker room, he – I I don't think it would be uh, overemphasizing it to say that he complained. Uh, But at any rate, he basically said that he was not satisfied – with being a decoy, he wanted to be a part of the game plan, and the the New Orleans Saints not making use of their number one receiver was uh, him, basically. Um, and I'm paraphrasing there, so if it's if that is inaccurate, please forgive me. Uh, but people went all damage control and and they tried to put out the fires and stated that ultra competitive guy uh he only he's he's trying 
can be, and this is just a a, a sign that he's very very competitive. Okay, well, all that floated up until and this time of the year, these rumors they they hit the wind. Uh, and I can't emphasize enough that at between uh, the Super Bowl and the draft. Everything block when it comes to the scuttlebutt or the rumor mill, if you want to call it that. Everybody's on the trading block. If you guys remember, uh, I think it was maybe two years ago. Everything that you could possibly imagine was coming out of New Orleans. Everybody was on the trading block except Drew Brees. And a day later, Drew Brees was on the trading block. This is just what happens in, in at this time of the year. But I want to say it was maybe Thursday or Friday. It was revealed that the the people that were pushing and instigating the the entire uh, trade rumor thing was Cooks, and I think it it's worth mentioning that Cooks is now being represented by a new firm, mm-hmm. and they were. Long story short, these guys were instigating everything because, quote unquote, Cooks wanted out of New Orleans. Uh, so far, you got anything? <laughs> no, I mean, that's a pretty good summary of what, what's going on. Um, you know, I, I'm one of these guys who's kind of, I understand where everyone is coming from in this. Um, I mean, to be a, a, a great professional football player, you're an alpha male, okay? You're an ultra-competitive guy. You want to be the man. And here the Saints have arguably the biggest win points-wise probably since Brandon Cooks has been there. You know, he's only been there for two years, 24 uh, – three years now. Um, but it was two and a half years at the time with the Rams game. And he doesn't get a target. He doesn't get anything. He wasn't part of the game plan. Um, well, Alan, b- before you before you go any, let me ask you this because mm-hmm. you're uh, you're very uh, uh, knowledgeable on this this sort of stuff. Do you think that there was anything more than just, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, the way that it played out? Was there anything more to it than that? Or was that just the, just what happened? Here's the thing. We live in an age of social media, okay? So nothing's off the record anymore. You talk to a guy almost immediately after a game, even an hour after the game, and he's – Frustrated because he didn't have a part in the win. Okay. He didn't have a play. Um, he felt like he didn't contribute to the win. The next week, next two weeks, he gets targeted an average of five times. He gets five receptions a game over the next, what, six weeks, whatever. Uh, and he gets targeted a lot. In fact, some fans blame the Detroit loss, for example, uh, on the Breeze trying to force the ball to Cooks. We kind of forgot about that thing. Um, so here we go. 
seven and nine season again, off season. Two things could be happening at the same time. Number one, you've got Brandon Cooks who is looking at um, players who are around the same size and ability of himself, like Antonio Brown and uh, Odell Beckham, and thinking, I can do that. I can be that guy in this offense. But in the Saints offense, and I tweeted this uh, earlier today around lunchtime today, Brandon Cooks is finding out that, just like Reggie Bush found out by 2011, that this team has only one star on the offense, and that's number nine. Drew Brees is the only star. Everyone else on that offense is replaceable. And when we had Joe Horn on here last week, what did I say? This is the last Pro Bowl receiver the Saints have had. You know, Marcus Colson, despite setting every Saints record for receiving, never got a Pro Bowl nomination, never made it as an alternate, never got in any kind of postseason award, okay? He's just a cog in a machine. He gets recognized by the Saints, but he doesn't get recognized by the league. He, I think he made the top 100 one time. Yes, thing that the, that the NFL does every summer. And that was the first year. Never got mentioned again. Okay. And it was John Gruden and talking you, about him. Wasn't even a player talking about him. Just John Gruden's talking about who he is. You, you see carryover of that uh, again, not just Colston, but uh, this past season, the uh, the rookie of the year stuff. Uh, yeah. Michael Thomas didn't even get a sniff at Michael it. Thomas doesn't get, get mentioned Rookie of the Year, doesn't get Pro Bowl invitations, doesn't get anything. Cooks can see that. And he says, you know what? It doesn't matter what I do here because I'm stuck in a system that people believe that Drew Brees makes these guys, okay? That it's Drew Brees that makes you look good. So you're an alpha male, ultra-competitive player, and they're saying this about you. Hang on, let me move this here. They're saying this about you, and you start thinking to yourself, you know what, I need to get somewhere else where I can make a name for myself, where I don't have this kind of competition. I love playing this offense, and I love playing for Drew Brees, but I need to get, I want to get, I should say, individual recognition and I want to be viewed as the guy who makes, who's, like Dallas Strawberry used to say about his play. He was a star, stir, I'm sorry, the straw that stirred the drink. Okay. That's what Cooks is looking for. And on the other side, you've got the Saints front office who are looking at the roster going, okay, we need Brandon Cooks, but we don't have to have him. And we have a contract decision we're going to have to make in the next couple of years because we can play out the option year. We can go ahead and, like we're doing with Kenny Vaccaro, we can keep him for an extra year, make him play out his option, then we have to figure out what we're going to do. Judging by before this, we're already seeing this, before this free agency period begins, a receiver is going to be making anywhere between 15 and $20 million a year. I'm just guessing in the next couple of years. Are the Saints willing to pay uh, Brandon Cooks that kind of money? 
knowing that you got this guy, Michael Thomas, coming up right behind him, who's going to be looking for even more money. Okay? So the Saints are weighing their options. We can do this, and we can try and squeeze out a couple of years out of Cooks and then let him go take the test free agency or whatever and, and let him go on his way. Or we can try and compensation because our defense stinks and we need a lot of defensive help. And the draft is how you get the good cheap players rather than spend money in free agency, which free agency is going to be nuts anyway. The Saints aren't going to be able to make the moves everyone thinks they're going to be able to make because the money is just going to be stupid money. They're going to be throwing around out there. So you've got these factors going on, two things going on at one time, a player that wants to get that recognition and a front office who is saying, okay, you know what? If we can move him for a couple first-round picks, if we can move him for some players and some picks, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll go ahead and do that and let somebody else worry about paying him. Okay, so that's well, really how we this. Yeah, let me ask you this. Um, first and foremost, do you think that it's fair the situation as it's played out? Do you think that it's fair that Cooks is basically being portrayed as a selfish player? No, no, I felt the same way about Jimmy Graham. I thought that was bullshitaki too that uh, Jimmy Graham was being portrayed as a selfish player. You know what? Who doesn't want to make more money doing their job? I don't think there's a single person on this planet who goes, you know what? Yeah, boss, I appreciate the offer, but I'm happy. I'm good at what you're paying me right now for what I'm doing. Oh, you want to give me a company card? No, I really don't need a company card company car you you can keep that you know i i, I don't need that you know I, i'm good no one says that no one does i i think that the mistaken uh perception here you know i i, I try to make people see this uh slant if you want to call it that all the time for joe fan uh out there this is a this is recreation. This is entertainment, so to speak. For Brandon Cooks, Jimmy Graham, Michael Thomas, Willie Sneed, Drew Brees, this is their job. Right. These guys and, have and you have a, a small, window. small window of yeah. opportunity. Yep. Exactly. And they they have to make absolute most uh and you can fill in your own uh, expletive there. They have to make the biggest bang or the bu- the biggest buck for their bang that they can in a very small window of time there. I do not just, uh, I don't uh, fault Brandon Cooks for wanting to uh, to make the most of his window of opportunity, so to speak. Uh, I respect the fact that he he has basically exercised apparently. Now, I, there again, um, everything right now is alleged. 
uh, cooks as our, our friend Bob Bros said today, uh, cooks don't owe me anything. He doesn't, uh, but at the same time, he's been conspicuously quiet throughout this entire process. I would Until today. Him. Until today. Uh, today on Twitter, it was, um, it was a Bible hour starring, um, starring Brandon Cooks. You know, here's the for thing. For what it's worth now before God and everyone, I would publicly like to offer our platform to Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm a Brandon Cooks fan. I have been that way since he, he stepped foot in New Orleans on draft day three years ago. I would like to offer our platform for, uh, for the guy to – set the record straight um if if you want to talk to your fans you want to exactly where your head and your heart is at hey we offer you the under the dome show to uh to to do that uh i, I everything that i've ever heard about the guy is so completely opposite from the what he's being portrayed as in the media over the past week well, you know, here, here here's the thing, okay? And this is, I blame social media for this. Because of social media, we now, and this show is a great example, but we now have the ability to see things in real time that we did not see or hear until years after the fact. You know, people have this illusion that... And this is true for sports teams. This is true for rock bands. This is true work environments, anything. That what they see on the stage or what they see on the field is this idealistic, everyone loves one another. That's my brother. We're fighting a war together. We're, we're a team. We're going to get this done. And that's not how it works in real life. You know, everyone has disagreements. Yeah. Everyone has disputes. Everyone has ideas about what they can do. I mean, I can't think of a workplace ever worked at where a guy didn't blame upper management, you know, upper management screwing us on this. <clears throat> you know, everybody's got to make a buck. We got to sit there and work ourselves to death while they make all the big money. I can't leave a place where I didn't hear that complaint. And <clears throat> what I was thinking about while we were talking about all this, excuse me, why I take a sip. Um, I got a picture of Craig. <laughs> Craig Ironhead Hayward uh, sitting right in front of me right now. And Bobby Hebert told this story. And those of y'all who remember Ironhead playing, y'all also remember, may remember that he used to be replaced off and on on the field by uh, Buford Jordan, McNeese's own Buford Jordan. And the story came out after Jim Finks died. Uh, and after Hayward had moved on to Atlanta, that um, when Hayward would get close to hitting certain milestones in his contracts, that Finks would call down to Moore and say, you know what? Ironhead doesn't carry the ball anymore. Um, you know, it, you make sure Hilliard and Mays and, and the rest of those guys and Jordan all carry the ball. Hilliard's just going to block for a while. Because they didn't want to pay him certain 
performance bonuses. Now, how true that is, I don't know. But here's a story Bobby Hebert told. Because Hayward believed that to be true, he used to go in before a game and pick out a defender and said, you know what? I hate Jim Finks. And today, you're Jim Finks. And I'm going to take all my frustration out on you. And Hebert's story was Brian Bosworth got the unlucky draw one time of being Jim Finks. And Hayward just pummeled him. And Hebert said, you could hear Bosworth screaming at the defensive lineman, keep that guy off of me. I can't take another hit from him. You know, and, and that is, it's a great story because it shows you that here is a guy, if they had the days of social media in the late 80s, early 90s when Hayward was playing for the Saints, I promise you Hayward would be on social media talking about Jim Finks or ripping on the Saints for not paying him. Okay? Yeah. But we didn't know about any of this. All we saw is Hayward out there and the fans be on the, on the sidelines, give it to Ironhead. Run Ironhead more. Why isn't a damn Carl Smith won't run Ironhead? Moore's not playing Ironhead. You know, it, we would hear see these things, but we didn't know if there was any fighting in the, going in the locker room until years later. So people are sitting there saying, this is a long roundabout way of getting back to Cooks, but people are saying that, well, you know what, now that Cooks has said all this stuff or these things have come out, the locker room is split. Uh, Cooks is a cancer. Cooks is not going to get up. No. The football players understand, even though he's a 23-year-old kid who grew up around social media, and this is how he expresses himself, these players also know that it's a business, that he's looking out for himself because he has to, because no one else is going to. But when it's time to put the uniform on, when it's time to go out there and perform, he's going to do what he needs to do. And this has gone on since time immemorial. I watched a game, uh, an old throwback game, uh, the Dolphins versus the Raiders from the 74 playoff. And here's Jim Kick, Larry Zonka, and Paul Warfield leaving to go to the World Football League the following year. Why? Because they wanted to make more money. But did they go out there and perform like a professional in that playoff game, that whole 74 season? Absolutely. So it's the same thing. It's just that same cycle we're seeing over again. But because we're seeing it played out in social media, people seem to think that, oh, my God, he can't go back to this. They have to trade him now because no one likes him on the team or they're not going to go on with him. He's going to tear the locker room apart. You know, so that's that's my take on this. This is some, This is nothing new. It's only because no. we're seeing it play on social media, it becomes a soap opera. You know, I, it, full disclosure, uh, I, I've been one of those that you're referring to, and you know this, all week <laughs> that, uh, you know, there's, there's no way that you can bring him back. And now that I have the, uh, this platform, <laughs> address that uh, I want to explain myself um, in my opinion and, and this is strictly my opinion 
mm-hmm. you there's almost no way that you can bring cooks back, not for the sake of cooks being cooks. Uh, cook, let let me clear the record. Uh, I, I'm trying to say 17 things at one time, and God knows I struggle with one at a time. Uh, let me see. Uh, I have absolutely the utmost respect for Brandon Cooks, his ability, uh, what he's meant to this team over the past three seasons. I have absolutely nothing but the greatest respect for the man and what he's done. Uh, that being said, <laughs> and God forgive me for using this euphemism, uh, but, you know, you, you can take the country out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the country. <laughs> uh, you can't put the crap back in the horse. Um, you can't unsay. But, but what has he said? Go ahead. What has he said, though? I mean, we're not having – this is not a Junior Gillette situation. We're not having fist fights no, in no. the locker room between he and Michael Thomas. We didn't have him go out there and trash Drew Brees. We didn't have him go out there and trash the coaches. You know, no. it, he didn't go trash Loomis. So, no. I mean, most of the most of the crap that you're referring to is really what we're seeing in social media based on yeah. hearsay, Okay. And then there was Keenan See, Lewis I, I, who went on a lunatic binge, but that's beside the point. Keenan Lewis needs to get on, get back on his meds. Uh, well, you know, and uh, the, that's a whole other show. <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. I think the unfortunate side effect of the modern age <clears> is the fact that society of instant access social media Hmm. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. And you guys, please, uh, please respect the fact that I have the right to my opinion. Fans believe that in this age of social interaction via social media, that they have a say so in the process, and you don't. It is none of your business. But you that because you have Instagram and these this whole thing plays out that you actually have a step in the process. You don't respect these guys right to earn their living, respect the team's right to to do as they see fit and have enough respect for the game and the players to eliminate yourselves from the equation. Now, that being said, um, in all honesty, in this age of social media, I, I really and truly, I struggle to see how Brandon Cook's coming back to the New Orleans Saints can be a productive, uh, productive environment. Strictly from the fact that over the past three or four days, you've seen uh, Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, Michael Thomas, Keenan Lewis. You've seen all these guys 
basically drawn into a uh, a social media drama, mm-hmm. and uh, whether they are, whether they aren't, uh, whether they do, whether they don't, you know, all that's window dressing. Oh. the The bottom line is simply: uh, Can the Saints benefit from a Cooks being moved? believe they can and uh earlier this week uh i made a comment that with alan uh the the proposal that you put forth i i I believe still to this moment right now i I do believe that that's the best uh scenario that i've heard yet and i think most beneficial to both sides of a deal being made Mm -hmm. um I think it would benefit, uh, bottom line, I think it would benefit the Saints more for a deal to be done to move Cooks, satisfy his uh, apparent desire to be out of New Orleans. Uh, If he doesn't want to be here, then he needs to be accommodated. I See, that's how the NBA operates. I don't think NFL should operate that way. I do understand Cook's point of view, like I said earlier with that long diatribe a while back about wanting to be a number one receiver. I understand that. Wanting to get that personal accolades. I understand that. But the Saints are in the driver's seat. The Saints ultimately don't have to take any deal at all. And he can he's going to be forced to play. And he's going to have to be a professional because you know what? He ruins it in for himself if he's not. Because what team is going to want a guy that is going to pout and sulk and he doesn't get his way? Nobody. And he knows that. He has to know that. Um, Also, if he is truly a cancer, why would another locker room, especially a team, say like the Tennessee Titans, or even to a certain extent, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, why would they want to introduce a cancer to the team that's going to tear apart their locker room because he's not going to be interested in uh, team goals. He's only going to be interested in personal goals. So it can't. He's he can't be that way. He's going to have to be a professional. So even if he doesn't get along with anybody, he's still going to produce. He's got to because that's his only way out now. He's got to produce. Uh, you can't pull a Dwayne Thomas. You can't just, for those of you all who don't know, Dwayne Thomas is the Dallas Cowboys running back who decided one year he wasn't going to talk to anybody on the team at all. And he uh, he basically tore the Cowboys apart. Well, I take that back. He was a problem to the Cowboys. The Cowboys won Super Bowl uh, six in New Orleans. Dwayne Thomas was the MVP, or Dwayne Thomas was a uh, – I think he was MVP, but anyway, Dwayne Thomas had a, had a great game, and then the Cowboys traded him to uh, I think San Diego. He was still a problem with the Chargers, and then he ended his career with the Redskins, and was never a great player ever again because he let his personal feelings and his not wanting to communicate pe- with people destroy his career. 
because teams are like, I don't need you. You're not that great that I'm going to want a player like you on this team causing problems. So I'm not worried about Cooks if he doesn't get traded being a problem with the Saints in uh, 2017. I just don't see it happening because he can't afford it. He really can't. All this other stuff we're seeing is just social media drama. My concern is not so much for Cooks or what may or may not do as much as it is for the cohesion of the locker room. Guys playing with Cooks. Uh, Because we know that, um, you know, these guys wear their hearts on their sleeves a lot. Just do your job. Just do your job as a professional. That's all that matters. You can be a total butthole. All you know, the other six days of the week, but on that seventh day when you're out there, you got to go and perform. And as long as you're out there performing, that's everything's fine. Just like, just like being in a band. Okay, I've been watching the history of the Eagles over and over and over and over again on uh, on Netflix just because I enjoy that show. But you know, here they are on stage. They don't. There's becoming a rift between first between Glenn Fry and. Bernie Lennon, the, uh, the guitarist, the original guitarist, and then later on becomes Don Felder. And then, you know, they're, they're on backstage. They're having fights and they're screaming at each other. Then they come on stage and they're playing peaceful, easy feelings, singing to each other the whole time. I mean, until, of course, 1980, when it got to a, a head, then they were fighting on stage. But Prior to that, you didn't know all the stuff was going on behind the scenes. And, you know, that that's kind of how it, it is for us. You've got to realize that come Sunday, they score a touchdown. Who runs down the field? They're all running down the field, hugging each other, giving each other high fives. And, you know, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. And then, you know, they never hang around each other, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, they just show up and go to work together, and that's it because that's work. That's a work environment. You know, you got to be professional. Yeah. You can't let it be personal. And I, I, I really just think they kind of feel that way. I don't know. I could be, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally naive and miss the yeah, boat. Yeah. And people are more than welcome to disagree with me. Uh, I just feel like that's just the way it is. I, um, I feel the same way. You know, I, I could be just as off base as I possibly can be about this. I will say this, and I, I think that I need to say this in in terms of um, being fair to Brandon Cooks. Everything that I've seen, heard, read, understood, or thought that I knew about the guy, this, this whole stand, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, it this entire process is so completely opposite of what I thought that I knew about him. Now, it's disappointing. Please, please don't misunderstand me to me that I uh, I put myself in a position to be in judgment of Brandon Cooks because I do not. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Uh, and, and I got persecuted the Day for saying this this way um, in terms of me there's only one guy the New Orleans Saints roster right now that supersedes that whole mantra about 
the name on the front of the jersey being more important than the name on the back of the jersey. And even that one name uh, has its limitations. Uh, I feel a sense of loyalty to Drew is above and beyond, but that that's neither here nor there. Um, the only thing that matters to me in the grand scheme of things is the New Orleans Saints. Not Brandon Cooks, not Willie Sneed, not Drew Brees, not Stephon Anthony, not any uh, Nick Fairley, any of those guys. Uh, this team has got to get above a 7-9 and nine record. And it's not about this man or this man. It's about this team. Uh, and that's and that's ultimately why I don't mean to cut you off, but that's ultimately why um, if there's going to be any trade offers, I don't want the Patriots trade offer. I don't want the 32nd pick and a uh, player. No. I don't want the Eagles offer. I don't want the 14th pick and maybe a couple of old players that we really can't use or we think we can use. They're not going to be really good players for us. I want two what? number ones. I want I want. The, the, share the uh, the Titans. Share the, there you oh go. well, share it, the uh, the that you had the other day. I think that you make a deal with the Titans first off because it gets Cooks out of the NFC, so you don't have to worry about face, facing him in the playoffs or you know maybe the regular season one time um, every four years. Um, you get him out of the NFC. And you put him in the AFC. The Titans have two number one picks. My plan would be if I was if I was making Loomis, I'd send Cooks and my number eleventh overall pick to the Titans in exchange for the number five pick and the number eighteen pick. And here's why I'm thinking it's that way. I'm using the Jimmy Johnson old points value. Brandon Cooks was the twentieth pick of the draft. So in 1919, I'm sorry, 2014. So he has played for three seasons. One was cut short by injury, but he's had 2,000 yard seasons, uh, averaging roughly, let's say, 80 catches a game and, and 15 touchdowns over these two seasons. Okay. So that makes him worth more than the 18th pick of the draft. That puts him up a little ways. Okay. Because you're going to compare Brandon Cooks to the receivers in this draft class, okay? What receivers in this draft class are better than Brandon Cooks right now? There is no Julio Jones in this draft class. There is no, um, let's just, I'm trying to think of a top receiver who just went, no, it's not even really a Michael Thomas. You know, there's some good receivers, but not great receivers. That's one of the reasons why teams are interested in Cooks. Okay. And if you're the best looking that you got coming the best that you got coming out of this draft right now is Clemson's Mike Williams. Okay. Clemson's Mike Williams. Okay. Um, but you really don't have a deep receiving draft class. Okay. You've got some good guys, but not a true number one guy. And you're only making this trade because you think Brandon Cook can be your number one guy, a la Beckham, Antonio Brown, one of those kind of receivers, okay? He's a speed yes. guy, plus he's going to be your number one receiver, okay? So you're going to make this trade for Cooks. So that is going to be worth at least one number one draft pick. And 
I'm willing to offer the 11th pick because I'd like to move up to five. Now, some people are saying, well, what's in between 11 and five? Okay. Well, here's the thing, the big difference. You've got a better shot of getting the player you want at five. And that number five pick as a bargaining chip is you want to trade back down again. Okay. Because there may be yeah. somebody who wants to get up there to go get Fournette. Or somebody wants to go up there to go get, um, you know, this is terrible. I'm, I had players' names off the top of my head, and I forgot them now. But there's somebody that you, somebody wants in that top ten range of picks. So you've got a bargain kit because the Saints have multiple holes now on the team. They need a defensive end. They need linebackers. They need, they need cornerbacks. They need a safety. They need offensive guards. They need a tackle. If uh, Pete's going to move back to guard and stay at left guard, we need that. We're going to have to replace Cooks. So, you know, it, there's multiple needs. So now with you at number five, you're in a great position to drop back again with somebody and accumulate even more picks. So there's all kinds of things. So that's who I want to trade with. I don't want to just have a pick at 11 and say we do with the Eagles and get a pick at 14. That's not a good trade for me. That's not enough. I need more. Absolutely. And that's how you have to look at this because we don't have to make this trade. This is, hey, what are you going to give me for this? This is not, oh, my God, I need need draft picks. i got to move somebody. Uh, Let's move Cooks and see what we can get for No. That's not what it is. You're you're the guy walking in the car dealership, and you're going. I want that Corvette, but I'm only paying thirty thousand for this Corvette. And of course, all y'all are laughing right now because it's a sixty thousand dollar automobile. But if you say I got thirty thousand in cash, and if you don't give it to me for that, I'm gonna go down the road. I'll find somebody who will. How bad do you want this sale? I might even come up to forty thousand in cash. But how bad do you really want this sale? And I can move. I can get that car from you. I will take this car. And that's the approach you have to take with this. You cannot be in the position of, oh my God, I got to do something to get this guy the hell off this team because he is just yeah. a problem. And you know, you can't have that attitude. You know, you have to have I, the attitude. I can walk away anytime. To me. Uh- to be totally honest with you, Alan, when you first presented this the other day in, uh, in, in the chat room, the thing that I found the most alluring is the fact that with the that, wrong pipe. Are, are you? Are we going to live? Yeah, I'm going to live. I just went down the wrong pipe. That's all. Okay. Well, I picked the wrong. We quit drinking. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Uh, but anyway. Pick the wrong week, quit taking amphetamines. Uh, what? Looks like I picked the wrong week, quit taking amphetamines. Don't worry, I'll be, I won't be upside down with my hair sticking straight up because it was the wrong day to quit stiffing glue. Go ahead. Pinto's loving this. <laughs> <laughs> Pinto's playing right now. Uh, to be honest with you, the thing that I found the most alluring about the uh, the proposal that you put forth was the fact that uh, on one side, the Saints give up Cooks, the number 11 pick, for mm-hmm. the number five and the number 18, correct? Yeah. Yep. 
Okay. The thing that I found most alluring about that deal was the fact that you get your playmaker that you you were chasing mm-hmm. after to begin with in Cooks, mm-hmm. but you in the process you do not give up the luxury of that first round draft pick because you get that number eleven pick as well. So basically right. what you're looking <clears throat> at is a Cooks for number five and just a switch of eleven and eighteen. Uh, I, I think that, that that could possibly be enticing to a Tennessee team, which they've got a young quarterback. Guy, yeah, you got your yeah. franchise guy in Mariota, but you had him play what two complete seasons now with no real receiving threat. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and I, I think that that can't be understated enough. Uh, you know, you you have a Ferrari, but <laughs> You, you don't you're not allowed to use it the same thing with James well, Winston but being that he came into the league at the same time with a Mike Evans but Mariota didn't mm-hmm. have the luxury the best that Mariota had to work with was a Delaney Walker yeah yeah with the and, Titans and you're giving now, him that opportunity <clears throat> now the Titans have a great chance of building a formidable team because now You've got if you, if the Titans were to take a pick like this, you know you still be eleventh pick, so you still have a good chance of getting a very good player uh, for whatever you need him for. You're going to have Derrick Henry, you know, as your running back. You got Mariota as your quarterback, and you now have Cooks as your number one receiver. You're going to throw to, and you're playing in a division relatively weak. Okay, um, you know you've got. The Colts, you don't know what you can get. The Jaguars, who always seem to be picking in the top three. And uh, the the uh, Houston Texans, which is uh, a train wreck of a franchise. So you've got you've got uh, a very good chance of becoming very competitive. You came close to winning the division this past year, and you didn't do it. The Texans won it. But, you know, and, and Cooks is no bigger than T.Y. Hilton. You know, with the Colts, um, it, it's it's a good fit over there. And uh, you know, if I'm sending Cooks to the Eagles for their 14th pick, are you really getting that great of a pick out of that? And that's my thing. I want a top pick because here's the problem. Absolutely. I see. If we if we did this with the Eagles, we had the 11 and 14th pick. You know, the temptation is going to be for the Saints to combine those two picks to move up into the top three so they have a shot at, say, Miles Garrett. If the if the Browns don't take Miles Garrett and he slides to three, for example, that's like my worst nightmare. I would never want that to happen <laughs> because that's, that's another, not- I, I, I We need players. We don't need a player. We need players. So I want yeah. as many draft – if we're going to do something like this – I want as many draft picks as I could possibly get. I mean, that's that's sure. the reality, you know. Um, um, as far as worst nightmares, my worst nightmare is the fact that Leonard is the possibility. I'm not going to say the fact. The possibility <laughs> that Leonard Fournette did not up his stock enough at the combine that he still falls to the Carolina Panthers, which is what the uh, the mocks trended towards prior to the combine but well you know that's another story for another time yeah 
Yeah, we, we there's a long way to go before then. You know, he's has a pro day. Uh, Deuce McCallum said yeah. some interesting thoughts on that, and that's what we were talking about right before we went live. Um, Deuce had yeah. said, you know, here's the thing. He's 240 pounds right now. Uh, Deuce is a player that had trouble with his weight. Um, that's partially why he got caught in that whole star caps thing back in 2008. Um, Deuce says, here you are in the off season. You're trying to, you're, you're basically, you know, interviewing for a job and you show up at 240. How much of that is, or what's the percentage of that is body fat? You know, is it 3%, 5%, 10%, you know, how good a shape are you in? Now, granted, you know, people talk about he ran a 4-4 and everything else like that. But when you're at 240 and you had ankle problems or you had an ankle problem that bothered you your whole last year at LSU, you know come regular season after you, you've been taking – your body's been taking some hits and, you know, you're not in the strict regiment of training camp like Deuce, you're going to be going up closer to 50, 255 come November, December. That's a lot of wear and tear in your joints, okay? If your body fat percentage is in the low numbers, okay, that's not a bad thing because that's more muscle than fat. But if your body fat percentage is higher, then that becomes a problem, okay? And that's <clears throat> that's the kind of thing that um, that Fournette has to be careful of. I think it'd be better if he showed up at 230 or 225. That way, in the regular season, he's he can be closer to 240. You know, when he's when he's just going through the dr the grind of the regular season, and not somebody pushing 250, 255. I mean, that's what Hayward's, that's what Hayward's problem was when he was with the Saints. He had trouble making weight a lot of times. Um, so well, that, that, that's, that was, a, that was a problem long before he got to New Orleans. I, I do believe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was a, he was a big kid too. So that was the thing. Hey, we're running out of time. It's nine Oh six now. Um, real quick. We, we, uh, to we, we promised you guys that, uh, the series that we not really the series uh the series of segments that we've done so far we uh we kind of took a break from last week because we had joe on and this week we got so involved in the brandon cook saga we we didn't really uh allow ourselves enough time to uh to get to it again this week but next week we're going to have uh the uh, the prodigy, <laughs> our research department, uh, Mr. Matt Ulrich, uh, he's going to be on as well as Zachary Vetch. Uh, these guys are going to give us uh, some immediate reaction to the combine. The biggest winners, the big losers, uh, people who didn't <clears throat> uh, didn't really accomplish a whole lot by showing up to the combine. Uh, but uh, and and as well, uh, sorry, notes are notes. Uh, also, we're going to get back to our uh, uh, positional analysis and review on the past season, 
as well. Uh, we are we have worked our way down to the linebacker position, and rather than try to speed our way through it in two minutes, we're going to just uh, postpone that until next week to uh, to so that we can adequately address what we have on that. Uh, well, also, you know, Thursday the, is uh, uh, extra point. Oh, I was going to say Thursday is uh, actually the. Uh, the beginning of free agency. So we've got that going on too. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff is flying around right now. Um, more than just a Brandon <laughs> Cook's trade, you know, uh, guys being associated with certain teams, the Bears allegedly going to break the bank for um, Glennon, the, the Bucks backup quarterback. So, you know, there's all kinds of things going to go on. So, of course, we're going to have a lot of that kind of stuff to talk about too. My big thing, I guess, if I'm going to say something um, as an extra point, you know, guys, even though the Saints have $30 million or $27 million, whatever the cap figure is, because they signed a couple people to tenders uh, today and yesterday, Sneed and Coleman both signed their tenders. Um, uh, I think they also re-signed Kuhn, the, uh, the, the fullback. So, you know, now they're a little under $30 million, they're $27 million under the cap. Um, here's the thing. I have a feeling the Saints are going to be a little bargain shopping. shopping. Not They're going to try and make a big splash, but they're not going to be a team that's going to come right out of the gate and sign a guy. I'll be shocked if they do. I don't expect them to. Uh, I saw the Chargers talking about releasing DJ Flunker. Um and though it pains me to say this, I can see the Saints settling for a flunker, uh, a fluker, whatever. I don't even know how to say his last name anymore. But fluker, fluker, flunker. I think flunker is going to be better for him. Uh, but fluker, they could sign him for seven to eight million, as opposed to spending fifteen million on, say, the Bengals guy or Leary from the Cowboys, or T.J. Lang, who may not even make it out of the NFC North. Uh, the Bears, the Vikings may grab him first. You know, it, that that's just the nature of the business. Um, and people aren't going to be happy when they see that. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, you're going to have to be careful how you spend your money this year. And Absolutely. that's why – that's why – this Brandon Cooks thing may be coming to a head the way it is because the Saints are going to try and fill out as much of that roster as they can with draft picks because they're cheaper and you can get four or five years out of them and stay out of salary cap hell. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We, but we, we we'll, just we'll have something. We'll yeah, we're going to have something to talk about next Tuesday because by then we're going to see quite a bit of movement. Um, Thursday, as soon as at three o'clock or whatever time the free agency officially starts, it's going to be a mad rush. You can see all kinds of stupid money get thrown around out there, and fans will be like, "Oh my God, why didn't the Saints sign this guy? Loomis needs to go. Peyton needs to go. Oh my God, this is horrible. We're the worst when it comes to this." You know, hey, it, they're Guys. just going to do what they do. 
guys, I, I think that it's it's worth mentioning. Um, I, I really, uh, albeit on a large, a uh, smaller scale, I really got reamed the other day because I made reference to the fact that I thought the Saints were quote unquote a close team. Uh, I feel completely justified in my uh, classifying them as a team that is close. Uh, in a seven and nine season, in nine losses, seven of them were by six points or less. Uh, you're you're talking about games getting down to intangibles in terms of deciding factors. I I think that's a team that is very close now. Getting down to the to the nuts and bolts of it, you're talking about a a team that needs this. This I I don't get into all of that. That's not my my focus or my uh, my forte. Now I will say this: this team is going to face a very critical juncture in terms of exactly how the free agency slash uh, draft turns out for them, that will go, we will work a long way towards um, exactly where this team uh, lands in terms of success for next season. But one of the, the the top priorities, along with signing uh, fairly, or excuse me, re-signing fairly, this this ordeal with Brandon Cooks. Bottom line, it's got to get worked out. The betterment of not only Cooks' career but also the New Orleans Saints team. Uh, uh, strictly my opinion, I. As far as that goes, I really I don't think I'm off base in saying that Alan and I may not completely agree on this. I don't. Me personally, I don't see how you can bring Cooks back without it having an adverse effect on on this team. Uh, but you know that's just me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and. Uh, you know, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. But, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things that I just look at it. And we said the people said the same thing about Jimmy Graham when Jimmy Graham uh, sure. had that final year. Um, players understand it's a business, and they understand that you are looking out for your own best interest, like we were saying in the beginning, because you only have a small window of of uh, of being able to make the big money. So they know you're just getting yours, okay? And as long as you produce on that field, they don't care. Absolutely. You know, they may hate your gut. They may hate your guts. But as long as you produce on that field and help them win, Winning fixes everything, and it's when you're Absolutely. losing. It's when you're losing these things really start to fester because then you start going, "Well, I did my job. What about him over there?" You know. So, yeah, 
that that's that's really I mean that's that's just how my take is when it comes to cooks that if it doesn't happen as long as he produces and plays a professional and the Saints start winning because this is a make a break year for the whole staff and this whole team they, they, they cannot go seven and nine again they cannot have another mediocre season uh, they have to make the playoffs this year and win a game at least um, you have and, to show some and, progression and to be honest with you I think that's probably the uh, deep underlying underneath <clears throat> reason that all of this is probably a lot more serious than what a lot of people to admit. Uh, I mean, to the country, Brandon Cooks wants to be traded. It's just another headline, not in New Orleans, because uh, as much as I hate to use the uh, the cliche about the whole window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. including Drew Brees. Uh, I hate that. Uh, it, but, you know, it. at the same time, it's accurate. Yeah. Brees isn't going to be here forever. And if you're going to, quote, unquote, make a run with Drew, you're going to have to do it soon. Uh, if, if Cooks don't want to be a part of that, so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team has got to figure out what is and what isn't and, and move from there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree totally. You know, it's, uh, I just want to see how this plays out and I don't want to, I don't want another bad trade. I don't want to get suckered into giving, just taking something just to have a trade and getting less than his value. As far as that goes, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and say this right here and right now. Um, the New England Patriots have been mentioned in terms of uh, possible scenarios for Cooks to leave with uh, offering a number two pick. That would be a loss for the New Orleans Saints, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are willing to trade a second-round uh, draft pick for Cooks. That's a loss, in my opinion. If you if yeah. break it down to the simplest terms, you're talking about the number one receiver for this franchise in the past two seasons. That doesn't come free. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get the absolute biggest bang for your buck in terms of this deal, shame on you. Right. Exactly, because you don't have to make this trade. And that, I guess that's my point. That's my point when it comes to can he go back to his locker room? He has to be able to go back to his locker room because you shouldn't have to make this trade. Make because you can, not because you have to. And that's how you have to look at this. As long as that happens, that's all that matters. Uh, I do not want to get another Kyrie Forrett. I don't want to get another Stephon Anthony. I don't want, you know, these bad trades where we lose an asset and regardless of whether or not the Saints offense is just going to keep rolling along, that's irrelevant because you're still 79, you know, and your defense still stinks. Your defense still stinks. It was a bad trade because you took your most valuable asset 
not named Drew Brees, and you got a draft pick for him, and you wasted that draft pick, okay? And that's 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 what can't happen. If we're going to make this trade, Absolutely. and you pick, you say we do the Eagles, you trade Cooks for the 14th pick, okay? And you draft a bum at 14. You wasted that draft, that, that, that trade. You wasted it. Um, my thing is I want, I want to get both Titans picked because I want to have house money to play with that I can move up and down that draft board and pick up more and more draft picks, okay, because I want multiple players. I want to rebuild the depth of this team. I want, you know, 12 rookies in the 2006, I mean, 2017 draft class. I don't want six. I want 12. Okay. I want many yeah. players. So, because everybody's draft class, not everybody makes it. So, if you're only picking four guys and only two of them make it, that's a 50% draft class. That's not any good. But if you have 12 guys no. and four don't make it, you still got eight guys who did. That's good. Okay, even the 1981 draft class and the two, 1986 draft class and the 2000 draft class and the 2006 draft class had guys who didn't make it. But because the other guys, the bulk of them, made it and did very well, it was a good draft class. And that's how I'm looking at all this. So if I'm yeah. going to move a guy, I want to get as much as I can so I can lessen the chance of getting a bust because I have more draft picks and I have a better chance of getting a better draft than just trading a guy just to trade him and pick up maybe a couple over the hill players and some middle round draft pick. I don't want that. So and that's see, just how the I thing look at it. It's lost in all of this is not is the fact that nice guy hell. If you don't absolutely take advantage of the situation that is that is in your lap, uh, shame on you. Because do you think right. that other team out there isn't going to rape you if they? Yep. Come on. Absolutely. This absolutely. This, this is a big boys' world. Uh, they want to get good too. It, it's not. It's it, not a charity case. They want to get good too. They don't want that. They don't want to get screwed out of a deal. Of somebody, screw that. Yeah, you're not taking advantage yeah. of anybody if they're willing to pay X amount. Have, you're not taking advantage of anybody. Especially the Falcons. Then I'm totally going. And, I spit on your grave on those guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, you screwed. Uh. <laughs> Uh, now, right now, well, people are Googling right now. I spit on your grave. What the hell happened in that movie? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that would be me. So, anyway. Uh, um, we want right. to thank you guys. Yes. Uh, I, I say it every week, and I can't, I can't reiterate it enough. You guys show. We love you. We thank you so much. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you guys for your loyal and unwavering support. Uh, 
as long as Alan and I sit in these chairs, uh, we will do our dead level best to provide you what you want. Uh, and that being said, reach out to us at Under the Dome Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, up for for Pete's sake, you guys all have my phone number. Let me know what you want to see, what you don't want to see, uh, what you like, what, what, what you don't like. What, what are we What are we doing here uh, now? Uh, what are you you're giving your phone number on the air and telling people what you want to see? Man, everybody has my phone number. When did uh, this become Pornhub.com? <laughs> all right. Uh, wait, yeah. a <laughs> wait a minute. That was a uh, turn that just. Oh my yeah, God. okay, here we go, here we go, all right. So, yeah, thank you guys for watching us. We hope we made you laugh, um, I, I, you know, and I hope we got some good discussion out of this. And, you know, if you think that either one of us or both of us are completely insane, you're more than welcome to let us have it, both on the, the, the YouTube comment page or on our Twitter accounts, or I'm on Facebook, you know, Sean's on Facebook, we have Under the Dome on Facebook. So let us know what you think, what you want to see, what kind of things you want us to comment on, what hit us with the questions, the whole bit, because, you know, we're free hey, at, starting at this, this Thursday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun again. At this time of the year, um, I know that a lot of people have a lot of questions in terms of the free agency market, um, the, the draft coming up, uh, we have the guys that we follow, uh, and I would be more than happy to suggest to you guys uh, several outlets that, that you can follow in terms of what the Saints might do. Uh, very qualified draft guys, uh, free agent guys such as Bob Rose, uh, Tyler Raymond. We can recommend guys all day long, but uh, guys – more than anything, we want to thank you guys for your support of our our program and us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you all. And we promise we won't be nearly as long tomorrow. We're gonna uh, we're gonna let them do all the talking instead of us rambling for an hour and a half. So thank you again for watching, and we'll see you next time on Under the Dome. Good night, everybody.